48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. The improving COVID situation has reportedly prompted schools to reconsider some social distancing measures. The hospital authority says it's also thinking about easing visiting arrangements for the same reason. And a concerned group says it's worried about some of the Hong Kongers released from a mainland prison and handed over to the SAR this week. More school children could be returning to the classroom after the Easter holidays. Sources told RTHK that the Education Bureau will allow up to two-thirds of the student population to attend face-to-face classes, up from one-third at present. An announcement could be made as early as tomorrow. President of the Professional Teachers Union, Fung Waiwa, says that could hopefully pave the way for the full resumption of classes in future. We can have confidence to resume uh, the face-to-face teaching. The pandemic is now uh, more or less under control. To pay safe, uh, uh, many uh, principals or teachers reflect that uh, maybe well, to allow uh, two-thirds of the students to return to school first. And then if the pandemic is uh, well, further uh, under control, then maybe they can resume rather, uh, totally face-to-face teaching. Hong Kong's coronavirus situation is continuing to improve, with officials reporting just nine new COVID infections. Five were imported, while the four local infections were linked to previous cases. The hospital authority also says it's looking to relax visiting arrangements, citing the rising vaccination rates and signs of the outbreak stabilising. Currently, visitors are only allowed in hospitals on compassionate grounds, and they have to take a virus test 72 hours in advance. But the authority's chief executive, Tony Coe, said people who've had both COVID jabs may be allowed to take a rapid test on the day of their visit instead. He said he hopes to introduce the new arrangement in the coming weeks. If the visitor have already received vaccination, uh, the completed the two course of vaccination, and at the same time, uh, two weeks have passed that so that they, uh, their antibody, we expect them to reach a certain level, then we can reasonably assume that that individuals will be better protected than one who has not been vaccinated. Alex Lam from Hong Kong Patients Voices urged the authority to make an official announcement as soon as possible. The problem we, we are seeing is that uh, we have no idea what will be in future and uh, how people will be uh, allowed to, to visit their family members staying in hospital. We just don't know. So if uh, the hospital authority has a plan, uh, please announce it as early as possible so that we have an expectation, we have a hope. A concerned group says six of the eight Hong Kongers released from a mainland prison and handed over to the SAR authorities this week have refused lawyers appointed for them by their families. Richard Pine has details. The Save 12 Hong Kong Youth's Concern Group says that six of the men would not see the lawyer sent to assist them as they were held in police stations following their return on Monday. The group says they didn't have legal representation when their cases were brought to the court for mention earlier this week and their families weren't informed of the hearings in advance. Lawyers hired by the relatives had also been denied access to the group while they were being detained in Shenzhen following an alleged failed bid to flee from Hong Kong to Taiwan by speedboat. Chao Hangtong, a lawyer helping the relatives, says they do not know why the six rejected the lawyers in Hong Kong. There were always these people that don't want a lawyer, but for all six of them to do this at the same time is very odd, I would say. Ms Chow, who is also part of the concern group, says the case against the returnees has been adjourned until they have completed quarantine and can appear in court. Hopefully by then the lawyers can have already met with them and can represent them, but we are not sure yet at this stage. So we have to see what happens after the quarantine ends.
The concern group says seven of the eight returnees are being held in the Lychee Cock and Pikuk Correctional Institutions. The concern group says the remaining returnee, Andy Lee, has been unaccounted for since he was brought back to the SAR and charged under the national security law. Responding to an RTHK inquiry about his whereabouts, the Correctional Services Department said it would not comment on individual cases. It said if inmates did not want to disclose to others where they were being held, the department would handle the case according to their wishes. It said the inmates could make a request for the department to notify their relatives or they could write to their loved ones themselves afterwards. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Several Western brands have come under fire on the mainland for speaking out against alleged human rights abuses in Xinjiang. Among them, H&M is facing a boycott, while celebrities have cut ties with Nike. I'm sorry, Nike. Priscilla Ng has more. H&M has drawn the wrath of mainland officials and netizens for saying it's deeply concerned about reports of forced labor in Xinjiang. The clothing giant has earlier said it would stop buying cotton from the region. Chinese shopping sites have already pulled products made by H&M. And now, Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Hua Chunying said while China welcomes foreign companies, it's against what she described as malicious attacks based on rumors and lies. The Ministry of Commerce also rejected claims of forced labor in Xinjiang. Spokesman Gao Feng told a press conference the spotless white Xinjiang cotton brooks no smearing. The sports goods company Nike is also facing an angry backlash on Chinese social media after voicing concern at reports of forced labor. Two Chinese TV stars, Wang Yibo and Tan Songyun, have now said they would end all promotional partnerships with Nike. And tech giant Tencent says it's pulled a new skin project linked with Burberry on avatars in the glory of King's Game. All this came after the European Union and several other countries slapped coordinated sanctions on mainland officials this week for alleged rights abuses in Xinjiang, with Beijing promptly responding with tit-for-tat punitive measures. An online radio host charged with acting with seditious intent has been denied bail by the High Court. Wan Yu Sing, who's known as Giggs, is accused of intending to bring hatred or contempt against the mainland and SAR governments in four of his radio shows between August and October last year. A designated national security judge, Esther To, remanded him in custody until the next court appearance in early May. And a barrister has been found guilty of rioting and arson in connection with an anti-government protest in Mong Kok in 2019. She'll be sentenced next month. Vicky Wong reports. The defendant, 26-year-old Seo Lok Ting, denied that she was one of the people captured in video footage of the disturbance. But District Court Judge Frankie Yu said a tattoo on the back of the defendant's neck gave her away, as did her ponytail, which was golden in colour. The judge said what had taken place at the junction of Prince Edward Road West and Nathan Road on the night of September the 22nd, 2019, was a riot. The court heard that objects were thrown and cardboard was set on fire. Mr Yu found the defendant guilty of two counts of arson and one count of rioting, but acquitted her of possessing an offensive weapon. The judge said although police found a laser pointer in her bag when she was arrested, there was no evidence to prove she planned to hurt anyone with it. The defendant was remanded in custody until sentencing on April the 14th. 
A judge hearing a trial over the 2019 Yunlong mob attack has questioned claims that a group of people had intended to attack an ancestral shrine on the night of July the 21st. He says he couldn't understand why the crowd didn't just bypass villages confronting them and enter the village through other entrances. Here's Jimmy Choi. District Court Judge Eddie Yip made a comment as 57-year-old Wai Nam, who's charged with rioting, was being re-examined by his lawyer. He's among six men who deny a rioting charge. The defendant earlier told the court he had only been in the area on the night in question to eat dinner and steam at custard, but got off his car on Longwa Road near the Yunlong MTL station to find out what was happening when he saw two groups quarrel there. He said a female villager then told him that the crowd had wanted to demolish an ancestral hall. During the hearing, the defendant said he noted there are five ancestral halls in the area, each located in one of the five villages there. But the female villager didn't specify which one was being targeted. The defendant had initially argued that people had to use a nearby entrance to enter the villages. But when questioned by prosecutors further, he admitted there are other ways to enter the villages. Meanwhile, a defence witness, known as X, had told the court she had met the defendant on the night in question. X, who owns a herbal tea shop in Yunlong, said he was a regular customer and had stayed in her shop for dinner at around 9 to 11 p.m. that night. X said he had asked her if she wanted to have steam at custard before leaving the shop, but she refused the offer. The hearing has been adjourned to April the 28th, when both sides are expected to make final submissions. A doctor taking part in the government's coronavirus vaccination program has admitted giving Sinovac shots to mainlanders without Hong Kong identity cards. As Wendy Wong reports, holders of so-called two-way permits are not eligible for jabs under the city's vaccination program. The online media outlet HK01 reported that the respiratory medicine specialist Christopher Ho had been inoculating people without Hong Kong ID cards at his central clinic. Dr. Ho, who is a former head of the respiratory medicine at the University of Hong Kong Shenzhen Hospital, says he's able to fill in details of the jabs he had given out on an online government platform. But he's now stopped offering vaccines to people without identity cards and will seek clarification from health authorities. It's not known how many shots Dr. Ho provided to holders of two-way permits. More than 412,000 people have received the first dose of coronavirus vaccine so far, with about 261,000 getting the Sinovac jab and 151,000 getting the BioNTech vaccine. The official spearheading Hong Kong's COVID-19 vaccination program, Patrick Nip, has conceded that the government's abrupt suspension of the use of BioNTech jabs created some chaos at vaccination centres yesterday. Joanna Wong has the story. Some of those with bookings on Wednesday morning had to be turned away, while some facilities reportedly stopped giving out the vaccine, resumed injections for a while, and then stopped again. Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nib told a commercial radio program that things didn't go as smoothly as they could have. I believe it might have been caused by the messages we delivered to the centres. At that time, we didn't have a full picture, so that might have given rise to some problems. There were some chaotic moments when we were handling the matter within a short period of time, Mr. Nip said. The suspension came into effect at around 10 a.m., even though the government had already been advised by the vaccine manufacturer to take such action by the time centres opened at 8 a.m. 
We spent time to understand the situation. We needed to know about the seriousness of the matter and whether there were any safety or quality issues in the two batches, Mr. Nip said. There are no safety or quality issues regarding the jab, the government says, with the suspension ordered due to packaging defects. Meanwhile, Health Secretary Sophia Chan told an RTHK program that more than a thousand people received the BioNTech vaccine on Wednesday before the suspension. She admitted that communication with the public could have been better. Students sitting the Diploma of Secondary Education Examination, or DSAE, this year won't have to collect their results in person. Instead, they'll get them in an SMS text message as part of special arrangements under COVID-19. Ricardo Mack is Public Examinations Director of the Exams and Assessment Authority. We've thought about the worst case, in case the students are not allowed to leave the home and even school administrators are not allowed to leave the home, what's the best way to release the results to the candidates? So SMS is a very effective way to disseminate the results to the students. Sports now and the Olympic torch has started its four-month journey around Japan as it heads to Tokyo for the delayed opening of the 2020 Summer Games on July the 23rd. Spectators were barred from the departure ceremony over ongoing fears about the coronavirus. But organisers hope the relay, which will crisscross Japan and involve 10,000 runners, will build excitement and enthusiasm. Tokyo 2020 chief Seiko Hashimoto said the flame was a ray of light at the end of the darkness. Francesca Regalado is a reporter for Nikkei Asia. She was in Fatuba, which is partly in the nuclear exclusion zone. It was mostly reporters and not very many locals. They organized the torchbearers as normal, but discouraged the locals from coming out to watch because of coronavirus. But even in the town of Futaba, where we are sitting now, there aren't any locals to gather because it is partially in the nuclear exclusion zone. It's mostly abandoned, and we spoke with people who used to live here uh, and have relocated elsewhere uh, and just came back to watch the relay today. The number of new claims for unemployment benefits in the United States last week fell below 700,000 for the first time since the pandemic began. The figure was much better than analysts forecast and offers hope that the economy is improving. President Biden has secured passage of his large stimulus package to help spur growth and the markets were further buoyed today by the announcement by the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, that the central bank would not raise interest rates until the recovery was nearly complete. A digital artwork created by a humanoid robot named Sophia has sold at auction for $688,000. The work entitled Sophia Instantiation is a 12-second video file showing the robot producing a digital painting in collaboration with the Italian artist Andrea Bonicetto. The sale is the latest sign of a boom in the market for non-fungible tokens. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The improving COVID situation has reportedly prompted schools to reconsider some social distancing measures. And the hospital authority also says it's thinking about easing visiting arrangements. And that's the news from RTHK.
Spring. 